What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at DeepDiveFF, on Instagram at DeepDiveFantasyFootball, and as always, check out the website DeepDiveFantasyFootball.com. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and I got a good one, a very, very good one for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to help me and you guys win in the playoffs. That is what matters most. That's why I named the podcast Playoff Schedules What Matters Most. Because, look, the the trade deadline for most leagues is the November 14th weekend. So not the weekend that is coming out right before or right after I record this, but the next weekend. So we have a very limited amount of time to make trades. And, look, making the playoffs is fun and all. But it really doesn't matter unless you win in the playoffs. Great players can be really bad with a tough schedule. So what I'm doing in this podcast is analyzing the easiest and the toughest playoff schedules for every single position on every single team. So I'm not going to go through every team individually and tell you what their schedule is, although I did look at it. What I'm doing to make it easy for all of us is I'm going to give you guys the five easiest schedules per position and the five worst schedules per position, all right? And that means weeks 14 through 16, most playoffs start week 14. You have a 13-week regular season in fantasy football. Week 14 kicks it off, and 16 is the finals, the championship, the Super Bowl. So that's what we're going by, and we're going to start with quarterbacks. And, you know, by the way, usually... I wouldn't have the time to record this podcast, but because I did the Unhinged podcast in a replacement for Thursday's podcast with Sia, I have a little bit extra time on my hands. I'm a little bored right now, just finished some exams, all that stuff, and you know, I'm ahead in all my classes work-wise, and like I said, I just finished exams, so I'm sitting here with nothing to do, and I was like, man, let me give myself the edge, the extra edge in fantasy football by making sure I'm looking far ahead because I'm going to make playoffs in probably 90% of my leagues. It looks like there's only one league out of my 11 that I won't make the playoffs, maybe two. Um, so I want to win when I'm there, especially because we know how much luck goes into fantasy football. And I want to help you guys win when you're there too. So let's get it started with the quarterbacks. In order, the five easiest schedules for the fantasy playoffs. Number one, my very own Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super easy schedule. By the way, I'm not going to tell you the matchups because that would just make this podcast take way longer because all in all, I'm giving you guys, let's see, uh, 45 names. So I'm not going to give you guys the three people that each person is playing. That would take forever. You could look at it if you want. Trust me, this is the proper strength of schedule. Tom Brady is the person with the easiest schedule at quarterback. Then second best schedule, Justin Herbert. Both of these guys are extreme buys right now for me because of this. Okay, I don't even care if their next two, three games are horrible. If you're in the position where you can make the playoffs, you know you're going to make the playoffs, you need to get the guys in the category of five easiest schedules. Okay, and if you're, you know, if you need to win right now, then maybe you have to look at their next few weeks because if they have a bad couple next few weeks 
and they make you miss the playoffs, then it was all for naught. So obviously you have to make sure that you're in a position to make the playoffs. But if you are, or if you think, you know, you can get past it regardless, these are the guys you want. Tom Brady at one, Justin Herbert at two, super good buys buys for me right now. Then at three, Nick Foles. Obviously you're in a one quarterback league. Don't even worry about Nick Foles. If you're in a two quarterback league though, Nick Foles has not been good at all. He's probably going to be a little bit better and he might help you in the playoffs a little bit. So he's worth looking at in a trade. Patrick Mahomes at four. That's just awesome for Mahomes owners. He he is going to come through in the playoffs. And five, Jared Goff, another one. Eh, not really excited about. That offense has not looked great. But in two quarterback leagues, all right, now we're talking. Now let's look at the five worst schedules, four quarterbacks in order. So when I say in order, the first person has the worst schedule. And that is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has been great for fantasy so far. He's still going to be good for fantasy in the playoffs. But if you could flip Deshaun Watson, who has the 32nd ranked strength of schedule for the playoffs, the worst schedule possible, and you could go look at his matchups. I checked, and I I mean, obviously, I put this together. Um, I checked, and it was horrible. If you could flip him for Tom Brady, if you could flip him for Justin Herbert, you do that immediately. Immediately. Number two, Cam Newton. So not only has he been struggling, he got benched. He fumbled and lost the game for the Patriots. The Patriots might think about tanking. We'll see what happens this Monday versus the Jets. They So Cam Newton's already in a bad situation because of that. Now you add to the fact that once playoffs come, he has the second worst schedule. He is not somebody I would ever, ever even consider putting into my lineup once it comes to the playoffs. Kirk Cousins. So if you can flip Cam Newton for anything, it doesn't have to be a quarterback. Anything. Do it. Kirk Cousins. That's another one, but two quarterback leagues, you know, if you have him in a two QB league, then maybe see if you could flip Kirk Cousins, for example, Kirk Cousins for Nick Foles. That might be a really easy trade to make. Nick Foles has the third easiest. Cousins has the third worst. They've both been pretty bad. So, you know, that person might not be looking at the schedule like, you know, with the knowledge that you're going to come out of this podcast with. So Kirk Cousins for Nick Foles in a two quarterback league, that's a good trade for you. Big Ben, fourth worst. And fifth worst, Tua Tagovailoa. Now we can move to the running backs. We'll start once again with the five easiest. And of course, of course, guys, it's the guy that I can never buy into in draft season just because of, you know, how much of an anomaly him and his entire offense is. If you're catching on, good job. It's the offense that is madly efficient and should regress but never does. It's the Titans, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has the easiest playoff schedule for running backs. That means Derrick Henry is a locked-in top three running back for the playoffs because he's already, based off the way he's been playing, that offense has you know been rolling now. And once the receivers get more healthy, Derrick Henry's already a locked-in top five rest of season, top six rest of season. Now he's locked in as top three. He might be the RB2 or RB3 in playoffs. So Derrick Henry, if you can get him for pretty much any running back, I mean, except for you're Christian McCaffrey or you're Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones, except for like those three guys, pretty much I would take Derrick Henry over anyone else. Then Aaron Jones has the second best schedule. Then DeAndre Swift. This is a good bylo, guys. He just came off a game where he got the you know bulk of usage among the running backs, 
but it didn't show in fantasy production. That's perfect. We know he has taken over that backfield. It has officially happened. He's taking the most snaps among the running backs in Detroit. It will continue to trend that way as it has the past three weeks. That, plus the fact he just had a game where it wasn't super great uh, fantasy points, it's a perfect buy low, especially considering he has the third easiest playoff schedule. He will be a super, super solid RB2 in the playoffs for you. And you can probably get him for you know a pretty decent price right now. So go get DeAndre Swift. Fourth, guys, I've been telling you to buy him, and I was telling you to buy him because of his schedule. I didn't tell you, you know, I didn't look into this specifically, like comparing him to everyone else. I just knew in it of him, like himself, his own schedule was great. David Montgomery. Like I said, the past, like, I don't know, what, three, four weeks, I've been telling you guys go buy David Montgomery. Well, it was because I was saying his schedule's super easy. Uh, the average opponent that he's facing for the rest of season is ninth easiest. He might have the best schedule overall among running backs from here on out because I wasn't even talking about specifically fantasy playoffs. I was just talking about the rest of his season was super easy. But obviously his playoffs are super easy as well. He has the fourth easiest schedule. David Montgomery, still, if you can, please go buy him. Swift and Montgomery are going to be easy buys right now. Broncos running backs, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, they both have the fifth easiest schedule together. But because they're splitting, I'm not really that interested. Now let's look at the five worst, and man, there's two killers at the top. Two killers. The absolute worst schedule for running backs in the playoffs, Ezekiel Elliott. He's already been so bad with this offense. And if you can find that guy that thinks Andy Dalton coming back is going to make Ezekiel Elliott better, which it might be true, but trust me, once he gets to the fantasy playoffs, it's not going to matter who's their quarterback if it's not Dak Prescott which obviously it's not going to be, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be so bad. And if you can flip him, wow, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. If you could flip Ezekiel Elliott for DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery, you should do that right now. If you're going to make the playoffs, if this is the contingency, if you are going to make the playoffs, actually, you could do David Montgomery without making playoffs. Uh, or I mean, without that contingency, because Montgomery's going to be better even in the regular season that remains over Ezekiel Elliott. Swift, I don't know, that's going to be a lot closer because I'm sure Elliott's going to start getting dump offs and be fine in PPR. But for the playoffs, if you know you're going to get there, if you can flip Elliott, who has the worst schedule for David Montgomery or DeAndre Swift, who have the third and fourth easiest playoff schedules, do that right now do it. And you could probably ask for more. Don't just initially send out, oh, Elliot for Montgomery. Because one, if that person is like most people, they're probably going to send you a counter. So if you don't want to see a counter, like um, that's going to make it less than whatever you offered. Like if you offer Elliot for Montgomery, they're going to counter you. So ask for Montgomery plus another piece. Then when they counter, you can make the deal better by taking out that extra piece that you added. When Really, you're getting what you wanted, which was just David Montgomery. You're just adding the extra piece and then removing it in the next negotiation to make it seem like to the other person that, all right, I'll meet you in the middle. But really, your intention all along was just to get that running back. Then the second worst, he's already been super bad, just like Elliot. So that's why I said it's just a killer. Kenyon Drake, he's got the second hardest schedule. Jeez, if you can flip Kenyon Drake for anybody, do it. Bills running backs, they have the 
Third worst schedule. I've already been telling you guys I'm staying away from Zach Moss, staying away from Devin Singletary because that team does not run the ball nearly as much as they did last year. They do not have enough touchdowns to go around, enough red zone carries to make either of these running backs viable week to week, and they have to split with Josh Allen. So many reasons I'm already off of these running backs. Now you add in the fact that how bad their schedule is, if you can flip those guys for a flex-worthy receiver, which I'm sure you could flip Zach Moss for, or if you can flip them for a running back. If you tried Zach Moss, this is an interesting one. If you tried Zach Moss for DeAndre Swift right now, you might have to add a tiny piece with Zach Moss, but I think that's a trade you could pull off. Try it. Then James Conner, fourth worst schedule. This is one of the, the outliers to me, though. James Conner is in an offense and plays on a team with a defense that is going to overcome his schedule. James Conner and the Pittsburgh defense work well together. When Pittsburgh plays a team, like for example, they just played the Ravens. The Ravens have been horrible for running backs in fantasy football. James Conner still had a good day. Why? Because usually most teams that play the Ravens, one, they fall behind quickly. The Ravens get a big lead on them and then they have to pass the ball. So their running backs don't get enough touches. Two, the Ravens' defense is good. And when they get you, they pigeonhole you into that situation where they know you're having to pass the ball to catch up. It's so easy to defend you. But the Steelers have an offense that can move the ball, is you know very good for James Conner. Their O-line's playing pretty well, and they have a lot of threats on the outside, so you can't stack the box versus James Conner. But most importantly, they have a defense that's always going to keep them in games. James Conner is never going to get game scripted out. So despite having the fourth worst, don't freak out if you have James Conner. I'm feeling feeling confident in him. David Johnson, fifth worst fantasy football schedule for running backs. Then we can move to the wide receivers. The five easiest, so now I'm going to name the teams. Obviously, you know the receivers that are you know in those teams. The number one easiest schedule moving forward for wide receivers is the Rams. So Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. But I will say this. I'm not a big Cooper Cup guy. And he just got 21 targets in one game. This is the perfect opportunity, in my opinion, to sell high on him and to buy low on Robert Woods. And I already told you, I'm not liking this offense, but the schedule is so easy. I mean, we just talked about how Jared Goff is in the top five easiest schedules for quarterbacks. Well, it's also the case for wide receivers. That shows you how bad the defenses they're playing is. You can go check who they're actually playing just to be more confident in it if you would like to. But Cooper Cup, I could, you know, you can use this. You can reference this schedule and be like, look at the playoff schedule for Cooper Cup. It's amazing. He just got 21 targets. He's a locked in top 10 wide receiver, top 12 wide receiver. Like that's an easy argument you can make. I can make it to myself and I don't even like Cooper Cup. And because I don't like Cooper Cup, if you could flip Cup for someone else that's a locked in top 10 wide receiver, I would do it. All right, then we got the Jets wide receivers. Basically, this is just a Jameson Crowder. Unless, you know, you're in a super deep league, like a 14 team with like a whole bunch of starting spots, then Denzel Mims might be pretty decent. But Jameson Crowder is going to have a great, great time in fantasy playoffs. He's been hurt a lot of this time, so he's also a really good buy low. Then the Buccaneers, just like Tom Brady was in the top five for quarterbacks, the Bucks receivers are in the top five as well. They have the third easiest schedule. That's Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. I will say, though, it's pretty frustrating because there's so many weapons there. We haven't even seen how they're going to integrate Antonio Brown yet. So 
it's it's a tough one to to deal with to analyze because you know who's actually going to benefit from this super easy schedule is it going to be all three of them is it going to be two of them one of them from game to game it's really difficult to tell like for example this week uh sunday night football which is awesome get to watch sunday night football watch my books um they are playing the saints and antonio brown is back I would not be surprised if Antonio Brown outperforms Mike Evans. Why? Because the Saints have Marshawn Lattimore, and I'm willing to bet they're not going to put Marshawn Lattimore on Antonio Brown. He's always played on Mike Evans. They're probably still going to stick him on Mike Evans. He does good on Mike Evans. And, you know, like he, Lattimore is just one of those bigger receivers, or I mean bigger corners that matches up with big receivers well. And he always rises to the level of competition. When Marshawn's covering somebody who's trash, he usually doesn't play that well, and that wide receiver does all right. When he's playing a wide receiver that's really good, though, he becomes elite because he knows that he has to put in 100% effort. So that's just an example. You know, The Saints are obviously not a great matchup for wide receivers, but let's say the Bucks are playing a team that's really good against wide receivers, but they have one good corner. If that corner is a slot corner, then you have to decide, are they going to be on Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin? Because Mike Evans definitely is not going to be running the slot. If they have one good one on the outside and Antonio Brown has been playing well and Godwin's in the slot and they're using Antonio Brown on the outside, is going to be on Mike Evans or Antonio Brown. It's going to be frustrating. So that's why I'm not too excited. Really, the schedule for the Buccaneers is just super good for Tom Brady. That's what I'm looking forward to most. Then the Bears. Chicago Bears, that's great for Allen Robinson. So remember what I was just telling you about the Rams wide receivers and Cooper Cup being somebody I want to sell. Cooper Cup for Allen Robinson? I'll do that in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Allen Robinson is bar none the wide receiver one in in that team, on that offense. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, week to week, it's different. Cooper Cup just had the 21 target week, and Robert Woods had the better fantasy day. What happens when Robert Woods is the one who gets the most targets? So, like I said, the Bears and Allen Robinson, that's a good one. That's a good buy. In super deep leagues, uh, Darnell Mooney, this is going to be his time to shine. Uh, and, you know, if you want to throw him out there, like I'm in a 14 team league that starts like four receivers, four wide receivers, or it's actually two wide receivers and like three flexes and two running backs. But because it's a 14 team, you know, all three of those flexes are pretty much wide receiver spots. So it's like a five wide receiver, two running back in a team like that. Yeah, I'm going to have to start somebody on as low on the fantasy totem pole as a Darnell Mooney, but it'll be great for the fantasy playoffs. Then you have the Chiefs. They match up well, just like Patrick Mahomes does, the Chiefs receivers, but really that's basically just Tyree Kill. Then the five worst schedules for wide receivers. This is a killer too, guys. This one sucks, but kind of like James Conner, I think they'll be fine. They'll overcome it, but it's going to be tough. They're not going to do as good as they have this whole season. That's the Seahawks receivers, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Two of those guys have the hardest fantasy football schedule in the playoffs. And you know, DK and Tyler Lockett, they they do great. They're super efficient. They have the best quarterback in the league in Russell Wilson. Or if you want to argue with me and, you know, be upset that I said that, whatever. He's the second best quarterback. It doesn't really matter. Um it's him and Mahomes easily. And you know, I think that is enough to overcome. They will overcome the schedule, but they're not going to be just dropping 50 points combined every single week 
like they have been. It might be, you know, 40 points combined or 35. So they'll, they'll still be good, but they do have a really tough schedule. So just be on the lookout for that. Then the Panthers receivers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, second hardest schedule. That is not good at all. I'm trying to get DJ Moore off all my teams. I don't have Robbie Anderson on any of them, but if I did, I'd be looking to do that too. Dolphins wide receivers. Devontae Parker, I already told you guys he's not the type of receiver that Tua was used to throwing to. Now Tua's going to start the rest of the season as he should because the Dolphins need to see what they have in Tua because they're going to have a top five pick from the Texans pick and they might want to take a quarterback if Tua doesn't look great. So they're going to start him the rest of the season and make sure that he is the guy and that's not already going to bode well for Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. I was surprised that they traded Isaiah Ford because I thought Isaiah Ford was actually going to be somebody that would work well with Tua, and then they traded him to the Patriots. I thought that was a weird move. But with that said, um, they also have a horrible schedule. So Devontae Parker, sell him for what you can get. The Broncos wide receivers, Jerry Judy is basically who this is about. But if you've been starting Tim Patrick, then you know that's another guy you need to worry about now. But the Broncos receivers have a really tough playoff schedule. And then lastly, the Patriots. I mean, honestly, between the Broncos and Patriots, most of us weren't touching the receivers there other than Jerry Judy, so it's not too bad of a blow. Then we got tight ends, and I will actually give you the five easiest defense schedules as well because those are guys you want to add to your team now, and you know if you have the bench spot and just benefit once you get to the playoffs. So five easiest schedules for tight ends. Number one, you love to see it, Travis Kelsey. Let's freaking go. The people who drafted Travis Kelsey, which was me in almost half of my leagues, not half, I have him in like four of 11. So what is that? 33% about 30%. But the people who drafted Travis Kelsey were only equivalent to the people that drafted George Kittle. The Kelsey and Kittle owners had the best advantage in fantasy football, which was the elite tight end. And now that Kittle's out, the person who has Kelsey has the single biggest advantage in fantasy football because they're the only ones with an elite tight end. And now add on top of that, when that person gets to the playoffs, because most of them will, if they have Travis Kelsey, most Travis Kelsey owners have great records right now. Um, and he's going to be one of those names that's, you know, most common on championship teams. I'm willing to bet Travis Kelsey has the easiest schedule. So now he's going to just destroy in the playoffs. Greg Olson, Greg Olson, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, if you have like a two tight end league, then Greg Olson will be a great play. But, you know, unless you're really struggling on really struggling on tight end, I'm not really looking forward to Greg Olson. Another one, similar situation, Jimmy Graham, mm, no thank you. Then the Jaguars tight ends, no thank you. So look, not only does Travis Kelsey have the easiest schedule, but all the guys after him are already bad in fantasy or irrelevant. So it's not like you're giving an advantage to another good tight end here. And Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is the fifth one, fifth easiest schedule. He's actually somebody that I would be interested in. Because if you look at the game that Danucci played, it was Gallup and Dalton Schultz. And when Andy Dalton was in, it was also Dalton Schultz that was getting a lot of targets. So he seems to be that security blanket for them. He was good when Dak was playing. He's been good with these backup quarterbacks. And now you're telling me he has an easy schedule. Plus, we know the Cowboys defense is atrocious. And they're going to be playing catch-up all the time. So Dalton Schultz is going to be great for your fantasy playoffs. He's probably going to be a top-five tight end in the fantasy playoffs. So Dalton Schultz is a really, really good buy right now. 
Now, the five worst tight ends, there's really only one that hits home. But we'll start from the top. Logan Thomas has the worst. Then the Bills tight ends, nobody's starting them. Mike Gesicki, uh, I think people are pretty much done with him based off what he's art, what he's done the last few weeks anyways. And this is the one that hits home. The fourth hardest schedule, Darren Waller. Dang it, man. Dang it. Darren Waller. He was He's basically the tight end two for the rest of the season with Kittle out now. It's basically... Um, it's Kelsey and it's Waller, in my opinion. And Waller is somebody that I do think is going to rise above the schedule, but it's just, you know, he's not going to be amazing. He'll be okay. He, he's not going to be amazing. So it kind of sucks, but I'm not selling Darren Waller because there's nobody to sell him for. Unless you're going to get Kelsey, there's nobody to sell Darren Waller for. So just keep Darren Waller. And then lastly, the Rams tight ends, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, neither of them are trustworthy for fantasy, which is unfortunate because I was a Higby guy this offseason. That was one of my misses. But, um, you know, the, the Rams offense was really like my biggest miss this offseason, which is funny because the offense or the offseason before the Rams offense was one of my biggest hits. So it's pretty funny how that worked out. But yeah, because Cam Akers and Higby, those are like my two biggest misses of the season. And they're both on the same offense. Who would have guessed it? That the Rams offense and Sean McVay would be garbage this year. But, yeah, so the Rams tight ends have the fifth worst schedule, but we weren't playing them anyways. And that's the takeaways for the tight ends. Now let's talk about the five easiest defenses. So these are the defenses that, you know, you could roll out every week if you need to in the playoffs. Well, kind of. We'll talk about it. Number one, Cardinals. I don't remember if I told you guys to add the Cardinals on the podcast or if that was just a tweet that I sent out or what, but the Cardinals have a super favorable three-week stretch in the playoffs, so they're the number one defense to own. I added them in a league or two and just stored them on my bench when I have a deep bench and I can afford to drop somebody. Then the second easiest, Cowboys. Ew, disgusting. No thank you. Not playing the Cowboys defense ever. Then the Bills defense uh it's all right i mean if you're really struggling then you could play the bills defense but their defense ain't great the rams defense okay now we're talking so we got the cardinals and the rams and then fifth easiest schedule is the browns now i'll tell you why i'm kind of interested in this browns this browns one because look their defense isn't that great but they have nick chubb coming back and they still have kareem hunt and what do the, the Browns do very, very well on offense? It's keep the ball away from the other team. It's run out the clock, run the ball down your throat, use a whole bunch of time, and that's perfect for defenses. If the defense already has an easy matchup, they're already playing, you know, fifth easiest schedule. So that means they're playing bad offenses, bad teams in the playoffs. That means it's going to be really easy for the defense to play good because they're not going to be on the field much because the Browns, are so good at just running the clock with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And it's going to be much better than what we've seen recently because Nick Chubb is back. So that's why I'm kind of interested in the Browns. So the three ones that I really like are the Cardinals with the easiest schedule, the Rams with the fourth easiest, and the Browns with the fifth easiest. If you got space to put any of those teams, but by far the Cardinals being the first, then add them. And then the Rams have like the best defense of the three. And so them having a good schedule is also very good. And that wraps it up, guys. I just wanted to put in the work to do this for you guys and for myself because making the playoffs is cool, but it's not cool unless you win. And, you know, so much of fantasy football comes down in a week-to-week, on a week-to-week basis comes down to luck. Like I would say, I would venture to say 50% 
of fantasy football is look, half of it is the draft, half of it is your in-season management, and the other half is luck. But if you're able to set yourself up for success by getting guys that have the easiest schedules, then the luck factor is not going to hurt you nearly as bad or help you. Uh, I mean, it's just not going to play as big of a role if you can set yourself up for success, all right? So please, please take the guys, try and get the guys that were the top five easiest, the guys that I was telling you, you know, these are the guys you want because it'll bring the deep dive squad, the diver squad, as many trophies as we can get this year. So with that said, I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. I wish you guys luck this week. Hopefully my bucks pull out a big fat win versus the Saints and put us on top of the division. That would be amazing. And yeah, have a good one, guys. Peace. Thank you.